You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm your host, Ryan Gregoire, NYSAC's Legislative Director. Our conversation today will focus on one of our top county legislative priorities, ensuring EMS coverage and funding. And we're joined today by Meg Kennedy, Otsego County Legislator, Board of Representative actually, and a member of NYSAC's Board of Directors, as well as PJ Keeler, the Columbia County Treasurer and the EMS Coordinator for Columbia County. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Great. So I think before we get into it and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in Columbia County and Otsego County, I want to set the stage for our listeners so they understand uh, a little bit about the landscape that's out there. And frankly, it's really changed quite dramatically even before the COVID-19 pandemic. There was evidence that our EMS agencies, both for-profit and non-profit, and government-provided EMS services were experiencing shrinkage in their workforces. And, you know, New York State has seen an overwhelming loss of seasoned EMS personnel, and about 30 volunteer ambulance corps have actually closed their doors since 2020. And, And that doesn't sound like a lot, but in our state, every single volunteer ambulance corps is important. When you dial 911 and a county public safety dispatcher answers that line, if you need EMS services, you're relying on uh, mostly in across the vast majority of the state volunteer services. So that's 2021. Fast forward to today. In 2022, 20% of those certified in EMS did not renew their certifications. And of those who remained, less than 50% were certified to provide care. That means that only 42% of certified EMS personnel um, are, are, are certified able to provide uh, care at you know, answering 100% of those calls. So the, the, and the other key end is on the new recruits coming in, New York State certified less than 500 new paramedics in 2022. That is the definition of a crisis, if you ask me, because we don't have the new group coming in. We're losing the existing group through attrition and through the loss of their certifications. Certainly, I think we all recognize there is a pay gap. Our paramedics and our EMS personnel they're not high paying jobs. The people that are out there are doing it because they really love the profession um, and they love taking care of people. And so what's happening now? Our counties are looking at this and, you know, we have two leaders, Columbia County and Otsego County, really at the forefront of this issue, trying to tackle this dynamic with their municipal partners, with their uh, community partners, the EMS providers that exist in their communities. So that's a little bit of the landscape for our listeners. And what I really would like to do is I'll start with um, PJ Keeler in Columbia County because Columbia County has had a model that has been working, although I'm sure PJ will describe some ongoing challenges that exist for Columbia County. Um, But PJ, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on in Columbia County. How do you have your EMS structured 
what are some what are some successes there and and some pitfalls? Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Um, just to as a, a note, just a side note. Um, we actually, when I came into being EMS coordinator in the year two thousand, uh, we were faced with agencies that were financially in trouble. Uh, we were also faced with a with a problem of second calls, whereby it took. 17 to 19 minutes for an ambulance to get to a patient uh, if there was no avail available ambulance in their own district. All right, so we set together with the existing agencies in Columbia County at the time uh, to try to right the ship, uh, to try to see how we could improve our system. Uh, like I said, it took us 10 years and flash forward to 2010, uh, we kicked off what we call our Columbia County EMS system. Uh, whereby the county is not in the ambulance business per se. The county does not have any ambulances on the road, but instead we contract with each individual agency that's out there now uh, to provide service to areas that are depleted of resources. So for example, in service area A, if they're out on calls uh, and they're depleted of resources in that area, uh, we're able to move an ambulance into their area and we pay them for moving in. And when they do move in, if there's a call, a 911 call in that particular area, uh, we actually pay them uh, to take that call um, through, through county funding. Um, and, and as a result of that, the county accepts uh, the billing portion of that and we bill the insurance companies. Uh, the county then retains the money that's uh, brought in the revenue that's brought in from the insurance payment. Now, obviously everybody that's in the business knows you only collect about 50% of what you bill. So right. the county actually subsidizes uh, this portion uh, as well as the individual towns subsidize each individual agency. But as a result of this, since 2010, uh, there has not been one missed call within the county. Uh, every call has been answered in a timely fashion. The agencies have developed a cohesiveness. They work together uh, and, and it's worked out very well. As I speak, we're relooking at our EMS system to see how we can meet the challenges of the future. Obviously, uh, the demands have changed over a period of time. Hmm. Uh, in our locale here, we have a local hospital that's a, now affiliated with Albany Med. And consequently, there are more transport ports from this facility to Albany Med, and how do we address that as a system? And in addition, obviously, the demands of EMS have changed. Uh, what was right in 2010 uh, is still there, but the demands have changed. Recruitment, retention has changed. Uh, there are new programs out there. Uh, community paramedicine uh, is going to come on board. In addition, uh, we're looking for ways that hopefully in the new budget, we will be able to transport to uh, alternative locations to help relieve some of the stress on the ERs. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole different ball game. And we're actually relooking at that now to say, okay, this system has worked for 13 years. Uh, the demand on the system has tripled since 2010. Uh, wow. We're wow. yeah, we're exhausting resources and face the same problems that everybody else faces as far as staffing goes. So um, we're re-looking at it. Uh, we hope to have some answers here in a few months 
And uh, hopefully, um, maybe we need to uh, tweak the system as it exists today. Sure, sure. And we'll get to uh, tweaking the system in a little bit here. Certainly yeah. at the statewide, there's um, a, a couple pieces of legislation. You just mentioned one on community paramedicine, but there's some other opportunities for funding. But before we get to that discussion, I want to go to Meg Kennedy in Otsego County. Meg has really been spearheading this effort. Um, Otsego County has experienced, from my perspective, something very similar to Columbia County and very similar to what all of the counties across upstate New York certainly are experiencing. Meg, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're seeing there in Otsego? Sure, Ryan. Thanks. Um, so prior to the county actually purchasing ambulances in 2020, um, actually, now I'm starting to think maybe it was 2021. It was 2021. In the fall, we um, used our rescue money to do that. But for about two years prior to that, I was part of a, a group that was meeting with the western towns in our county that was concerned with um, those statistics that you mentioned, decreasing numbers of volunteers, agencies having a hard time uh, making all of their calls. So I was really well aware of the what was happening statewide and actually nationwide uh, prior to what really brought it to a head with Otsego was uh, really, PJ mentioned 10 or 20 minute waits. We had some 71 minute waits. Um, really, people were having to, um, you know, wait uh, way too long and that local agencies were not able to be meeting the demand. So we did buy two ambulances and then we bought a third so that we could uh, swap them out. And the way that it's working is that uh, they've studied out the data about where the calls are coming from, what time of day, and uh, they use that to strategically locate the ambulances where they feel the next call will be coming from. So we have one that kind of parks in the southern end of the county and then it, um, up in the northern end. So it's really, they're almost an hour away from one another from wow. end of the county to the other. So uh, we do have that set up. So there's been, and then we did have a consultant come in to like, just look at our local agencies and study out what were the resources that we had, what were the um, data showing on answered calls or as they toned down, um, who was taking the call, how long was the wait. Um, and then that was after we were actually rolling the ambulances, which started in November of 2021. And uh, the call, it was immediately just, they were busy all the time. So, mm -hmm. and they've been busy all the time ever since. Um, Meg, let me ask you a question on that. So the county purchased the ambulances. Um, mm -hmm. Who who staffs those? Are the paramedics and the, and the uh, EMTs, are they county employees or are they... they Yes. So we immediately set aside, I think it was about a million dollars from our ARPA to hire on the staff. We have 24-7 coverage um, with ALS, BLS, and then some part-time ALS and part-time um, with of the other BLS. And um, they are county employees. Yes. So nice. this is a big piece of our budget going forward. Um, and we're really one of the other things that our consultant did was discuss um, other ways to provide funding 
into the program. So those are still kind of under contract. I can't really talk about them freely, but hopefully someday sure. we'll be able to. We'll have you guys on for a, uh, a second round of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let me, you know, one, one thing that I'm hearing loud and clear from both of you is the counties uh, are operating two different systems in Columbia and Otsego County, but you're meeting the demand and the need uh, that's a little different in Columbia and Otsego counties, but the county is the entity that's innovating here. And I want to highlight that because this is a perfect example of what I would consider an organic shared service. You are helping out our municipal partners uh, with a need that they have. They're coming to the county. They're looking for leadership and guidance from you. And in turn, you're working together collaboratively with them, but also with your providers to help, in this case, lower the lower the response times for uh, you know, emergency care that that your residents need. Um, so I I want to highlight that because it's it's pretty neat. I mean, this is we're we're talking about um, kind of cutting edge government service delivery, something that our counties really haven't had to be involved in in the past, right? Um, because as PJ said, we're seeing a shifting landscape. So one of the um, one of the bills that we have all been pushing for for three or four years now, and, and there's a lot of bills in the legislature to try and help with the EMS crisis. Um, well, the one that we're kind of focusing on now is a bill that's sponsored by Senator Mayer from Westchester County and Assemblymember Steve Otis from Westchester County as well. And their legislation uh, would actually authorize the counties to work with their municipalities uh, to create a joint taxing district if the municipalities and the county wanted to opt into something. So this is, I, I wanna make it clear, there is no mandate that this occurs, but it's something that could voluntarily take place if, uh, for example, your rural communities wanted to partner together or they could work with the county and there would be a system in place to help fund this. As you mentioned, Meg, you're spending over a million dollars uh, just in this one line item. Just curious for the listeners, what is Otsego County's tax levy? Do you know that off the top of your head? I do. It's about twelve million. Okay, so our two so... percent is about two hundred fifty to two hundred ninety thousand dollars per year. If we were going to stay under the cap, we can't increase that levy by more than like two hundred seventy-five thousand. So there we go. Right. So for our listeners. What Meg just described, this EMS program is about 8% of the county's entire tax levy. So the, the reason I highlight that is because we need this funding mechanism, a special taxing district just for EMS. Just like if you live in a town, most towns have a library tax. Um, and that is a special district. That's what they're called in state law, special district. And this would be something very similar. PJ. Um, in Columbia County, uh, what 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 are your thoughts on this idea of a of a special taxing well, district? Ryan, this is something that you and I have talked about for years. Okay, <laughs> my situation yeah. in Columbia County is is that each municipality has a contract with their servicing agency. Okay, in addition to that, we as a county come in with about a million dollars over top of that. 
Okay, so our total cost for the EMS system, including the municipal support for the local agencies, plus what the county throws in, we're approaching three and a half to $4 million, okay? And my biggest gripe at this point in time is in Columbia County, we have a system in place where everybody gets the same service. They get ALS, they get BLS, they get whatever, and each agency uh, backs up the other agency when they're out of resources. But unfortunately, at this point in time, as a taxpayer, some yeah. towns are paying, you know, say a dollar and a half per a, a thousand of assessed value, and other towns are paying like 30 cents. So it's very unequal and it's unfair to the taxpayer. And I've been looking for a reason and an opportunity to equalize this payment. And I think yeah. this is a, a direct opportunity. And in addition to that, to raise additional funds for the EMS system, if you spread this out over the whole county under a tax district, you know, a 2% per 1,000 assessed value raises quite a bit of money. Uh, and this could be an answer that we've been looking for for several years. Uh, again, our tax, you know, we're about $44 million, our tax levy. And again, we're looking at, you know, close to $4 million overall to support the system. 10% about. Yeah. So it's it's right in line with what Otsego County is experiencing. Right. And, you know, I, I would I would guess that the vast majority of residents would like to be able to know comfortably that if they had an emergency, someone would come and respond to their home or their business. Um, and, and this is a service that people out there have come to expect, right? No one thinks about how does this get funded, but Meg, to your point and, and to yours as well, PJ, you folks are constrained by a property tax cap. And if, if the county uh, is going to be in a position to bolster these services, which uh, both of your counties have taken on this initiative, um, you're you're really constrained by by what you can do there. I mean, two hundred and fifty thousand for you, Meg. Does that even cover the cost of an ambulance? No, <laughs> not even. No. There you go. So you need a new piece of capital equipment, and you can't even you can't even get there with the tax cap. Um. What what are some of the other other benefits that uh, you guys could see coming through to fruition if this bill were to pass? And again, for our listeners, we're talking about a piece of legislation pending in the in in the Assembly and Senate. It has probably the best shot it's had in the last five years of of moving, in part because of the crisis we're experiencing. And again, we're talking with Meg Kennedy from Otsego County and PJ Keeler from Columbia County and getting their reaction here on the EMS crisis. Go ahead, PJ. Yeah, Ryan, I think there's a couple key points in here. There are several points that I think that are very positive. Number one is that the bill calls for making EMS an essential service. Okay, that is huge in itself. Okay, you have fire departments that are essential services, but yet EMS is not. EMS has always been kind of the stepchild out there as far as the state goes. But you know, one of the things that they pointed out is the fact that EMS, they need to make it available to, to all in New York state in a reliable manner. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, another, in, in order to create that, it allows for creation of EMS systems within each County, if you so choose to do so. Um, it would then 
allow us to create the fundings to support an EMS system. And EMS systems are what's coming uh, because of the reliability factor that's important. And I know there are many areas in the state where they're looking at, just like Meg talked about, you know, an hour wait time for an ambulance. But if we could create the tax districts, making it an essential service, it would allow us to create the funding to support this type of service and move our systems ahead, our EMS systems, because of the demands that are required today. Uh, just, you know, uh, effectiveness and efficiency basically are not enough today. Uh, you have to adapt and you have to be agile enough to change with the environment as, it, as the demand increases. And these EMS systems would allow for that. And by having the ability to create the tax district and creating the essential service would allow us the counties uh, to be able to do this. And that's a huge, huge step forward. Right, Meg, any thoughts from, from you on that? So I agree with PJ. Um, and I did talk with our EMS um, coordinator. Our 911 director is actually the one who's doing the coordinating for the ambulance service. And I said, so how would that look for us? And he said, naming it as an essential service would be huge and listed out the real possibility for applying for federal and state grants because of that naming uh, um, as, a, as an essential service. So that's like a real concrete thing that we could move forward with. Um, also, um, I, I have to just ask a little bit about um, how we feel about uh, the further down part in the bill. And, and I asked him too about complications that might come up with like who's determining health benefits for um for volunteers which is also mentioned in the bill and i don't have any clear pathway of fully understanding how that is and how that will work and i just see it as being something that might be maybe something uh that we'd like to study out a little bit more before we go there you bring up a good point meg because and and again you know this bill is looking at a holistic approach, right? There, there's the funding piece, there's the essential services piece, but then there's also a section of the bill that would allow um, emergency medical service practitioners the ability to qualify for state retirement and state you know, health insurance benefits. Something that the legislature sees as a recruitment tool, and it probably is, but again, you know, going back to what PJ and what you had just stated, about how important this is to be deemed an essential service. PJ, you mentioned EMS is like the third stepchild, so to speak, in the emergency services world. And that's why I would push back to the state and say, look, if the counties are doing this innovative approach, if we're helping our municipal partners, if you're serious about enacting this bill, then you need to provide aid to the counties to be able to do this. Because Otsego County, Columbia County, and the other 55 counties across the state are not going to be in a position to afford providing all of these enhanced benefit programs. They're just not in this spot in time. We, you know, we, we recognize there's a need, we need to fill that need to drive down times to deliver services to the residents, but we can't do it all, right? And that's why part of the call to New York State is we need them to be a partner with us. And, and I think, I'll speak for myself here. One of the frustrating things through this budget process was the governor had proposed um, reforms to the EMS system 
We worked very hard with the state Senate to amend those reforms. They had come up with a great package, I thought, um, including $50 million to help offset county cost if there was to be a pilot project. And at the end of the day, the enacted budget didn't include any of this. So here we are back at ground zero, so to speak, and we're looking around saying, what can we all be doing to help this EMS crisis that we're experiencing? Um, anyhow, you, you guys have put me on my soapbox there for a minute. Um, oh, that's great. I did, I did see that <laughs> in the proposed budget as well. It was like economic development zones. And yes. that would help with the the economic part of this whole package. And you're right. All of a sudden, it was like it just disappeared. It disappeared at the end of the day. But before we go here, I know we've talked about a lot as far as the landscape, what's going on in your counties. Is there anything else that e either one of you would like to mention to to the listeners on today's podcast? No, I think it's just important that everybody I think everybody's on the same page. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to develop an EMS service that's sustainable, uh, that's comprehensive, and basically um, that fosters innovation and ingenuity uh, to keep, A, our providers involved and enthusiastic, and B, it needs to be accountable, not just to the public, but also to our financial partners and more importantly, to our patients, okay? Uh, there needs to be, you know, and a, taxpayers. some medical review and the taxpayers as well. So, and I think that's what we're all striving for. And obviously each county is different on how they have to do it, but we have to have the ability to create what we need to do to fund the system. And this bill addresses that. We have the authority, not at the county level, well, actually at the county level and the municipal level, we have the authority to create a lighting district or right. a sewer district. Yeah. Why can't we create an EMS district? Correct. Meg, any closing thoughts from you? Um, I just want to say that our county workers have been great and our county board has been so supportive on this. And the fundamental piece that is really driving everyone's energy forward is the fact that we want to keep people safe in our communities. And having a county ambulance has answered that need. And the next piece of it, we have to build it out with resources, either, you know, with the state as a partner, that would be great, or, you know, within our communities. And we are fully dedicated to keeping it going and finding a way to do that. Great. Well, thank you both. I think uh, it suffice to say there's a lot to talk about on this topic. I'm sure I'll be calling on both of you to come back for a round two down the road. But um, for our listeners, again, we've been joined by PJ Keeler, Columbia County EMS coordinator and treasurer, and Meg Kennedy, NISAC board member, and a member of the Otsego County Board of Representatives. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.